Alrighty, today I'm going to talk about growing those glutes, building that ass, building that shelf, getting thick, making gains, happy hump day, just going to throw that up in there, it's not even Wednesday today, but that's okay, um, you know, all things booty building related, and essentially I don't want to make it boring, obviously, or over the top, or too deep into science, as I've explained before, so what we're going to do is look at common mistakes when it comes to building your glutes, and we're also going to look at best practices when it comes to building your glutes. And we are going to finish off with a list of exercise variations uh, or various exercise selection you could uh, consider when it comes to programming to build those glutes. Now before we get into all that, you might be wondering what is the benefit of even getting your butt bigger and stronger. And one of the simple benefits is that it will actually improve your posture. And I think most people don't realize that because a lot of people will walk around with very small glutes, but they'll have a pelvic tilt to try to push them out a bit more. Um, you know, sometimes people have lordosis of the spine, which has that curvature, which is not ideal. But if you can build your booty, you're not going to have to do that. You don't have to fake it. And, um, you know, obviously it's going to have some benefits around your posture. In addition to that, you're going to have improved strength if you are an athlete. I used to be an athlete, maybe I still am, and as a sprinter, my glutes were like my power engine, and that is what gave me all my speed and the ability to run more efficiently, not relying on other muscles, but really using you know the biggest muscle in the body. In addition to that, as a strength athlete or a power lifter, as I am now, my glutes give me great strength to perform the squat and the deadlift at very heavy loads and do so in a very safe manner. So it's not just about improving how you look. However, what I will say is if you are a bikini model or a fitness model or even a male bodybuilder, it is super important to have a well-rounded, balanced physique. And if your glutes are not there, they are, it is definitely going to set you back when it comes to you know your placings. So ensuring that your glutes are prominent is very, very, very important these days, especially as a male bodybuilder, you want to have shredded, striated glutes. And then as a bikini model or a fitness model, you want to make sure that your glutes complement the rest of your body. You don't want to have a big chest, for example, which is quite common these days with breast augmentation, and then not really have the glutes to kind of match that from a side pose or obviously from a rear pose as well. So glutes are very important. And more people are putting a lot more emphasis into building their glutes these days, which is sensational. And now it comes down to having a well thought through approach to training your glutes and getting the most out of it and simply not wasting your time. So that's what we're going to get into today. And I guess we'll start right now with the biggest mistakes that I see when it comes to trying to develop your glutes. And the first one is people who just train their glutes one day per week. And that is it. So they have one lower body day of the whole entire week. And that's all they do outside of cardio. And they think they're going to grow. Studies show that training each muscle twice per week is going to give you the best benefit in regards to hypertrophy or muscle building. And training them, you know, three times per week, even for periods of time, can also be greatly beneficial, especially if it's a lagging muscle group. But training a muscle once per week, in my opinion, is something that I would do or suggest if we're looking to just maintain that muscle, and that is it. And that's not what we're trying to aim for. If you're trying to build those glutes, we need to train them twice per week minimum. Another common mistake that I see is taking the approach of simply squatting only and thinking that's going to get you the best results possible. Your glutes 
need to be trained on multi-angles, different exercises, variations of exercises, various loads, etc. And just squatting one day per week or twice per week or three days per week is not going to be enough. Squats are actually quite demanding on the body and we have the ability to train our muscles in different ways with different loads to then be able to do more or get more out of that training session and still recover from it. But I guess stress your muscle, not really stress your nervous system and other systems throughout your body, um, you know, to a large degree. So we can't just focus on that big power movement like the squat or the deadlift because that is actually very hard to recover from. And the more often we squat or deadlift at heavier loads, the more stress we're putting on our body when really we could use that main movement and then move into secondary movements and you know isolation work as well and really focus on working and overloading that muscle in particular and not stressing out our entire body. So just squatting is not a good approach at all. Now the opposite of that, simply doing body weight movements or resistance band exercises, you know, the booty bands, which are quite common these days. If you only focus on that stuff, we're not really stimulating enough of a response or an overload to again, maximize your gains. So we want to ensure that we utilize both of these, you know, the heavier power movements, accessory work, variations of squats and deadlifts and lunges, but then also incorporate the body weight stuff and the band stuff as well. But never should they just be used exclusively. Unless, of course, you have some kind of equipment limitation, you're traveling or whatever it might be. Another mistake when it comes to building your glutes is trying to hit your one rep max at all. Like I was going to say too often, but really it's like an at all situation. Like there is absolutely no reason for you to try to attempt a one rep max if you're looking to build your glutes. You can simply build volume through the reps and the sets and the load. You don't have to test your one rep max have percentage-based training or anything like that. Do not hit a one rep max if your focus is on building size, period. Now, an alternative to that would be to hit a three rep max or a five rep max or a 10 rep max, something that actually makes more sense and is gonna build volume and help you to practice your technique and also limit you know, the risk of injury because the easiest way to make no gains at all is to get injured. And that is the worst, trust me, I've been there before. The next thing that I feel holds people back from building their glutes is simply under eating and overtraining. And you know, this is a female focus again, where I'll oftentimes see girls on the Stairmaster doing cardio outdoor as well, doing their weight training, and they're not eating to grow. They're not eating enough to provide the nutrients the body needs to build and actually grow. They're eating protein, very good. They're eating healthy foods, very good, but their focus is really on getting their waist smaller, getting their shoulders leaner, looking good for Instagram, and then forgetting that we need nutrients, we need a calorie surplus to really see those gains. And yes, you can build muscle in a calorie deficit. However, is it going to be noticeable? More than likely not. So rather than spinning your wheels, it would be smarter to actually take an approach where you're eating in a caloric surplus, eating to grow, you're controlling your nutrition, you're not gaining fluid weight here and there from weird amounts of food or sodium or whatever and thinking you're putting on fat, you're being very rigid in your approach in regards to managing macros, you're training hard, you're in a surplus, you're making gains, that is the best approach. Now at the same time, if you are fat loss focused and you're noticing that your glutes are looking bigger and better, that's fantastic and it's, it's an illusion to a degree 
where you think your glutes are growing quite a lot, but really we're just losing body fat through our waist, which is going to give that illusion that we're bigger. No different to a bodybuilder or myself losing 5 to 10 kilos and then appearing actually more muscular as a result of that. And people often think we've put on size when really we've lost weight. So in that regard, if you are someone who's looking for fat loss as a primary focus and you're training your glutes in an optimal way, you can actually have the illusion that they're bigger and at the same time you can actually have you know, blood in the muscle quite often and you know, a good amount of carbohydrates in your diet which will all help in having them appear fuller. And again, I can relate this to training calves, I guess. Like, I don't train my calves often at all right now as a powerlifter, but when I do train them, there's blood in the muscle and people think that my calves are quite large. If I trained my calves three days a week, even in, in a calorie deficit, if there's going to be more blood in that muscle, the muscle's going to be fuller, it's going to appear bigger. doesn't always mean lean mass gain. However, from an aesthetic you know, perspective, things are looking pretty good. And then the last thing I would say for the biggest mistakes when it comes to building your glutes is changing exercises too frequently and not really giving your body or yourself time to adapt to the movements, you know, master the movements, build progression through those movements and know that things are actually working. So if we alternate or swap out exercises completely week to week, we can't really gauge progress. We can't really track where we were last week and make sure that we're doing better. Even if the movement patterns are the same, it still makes things pretty messy and it's very hard to know that you're actually working smarter and harder at the same time to progressively overload and get the most out of your training. So they are the biggest mistakes in my opinion. You know, make sure that you're training your muscles more often, etc. And I'm going to get into the best practice now, which will, I guess will outline, you know, where to go from here. So when you think about all those mistakes, obviously the opposite to those are going to be best practice in most cases. And I guess I'll start with exercise selection. And before I go into that, you know, I already touched on the fact that just training your muscle once per week is not enough. So obviously a best practice would be training them twice per week for the most part, having periods of time where you're training them three days a week and then backing off back down to twice a week with far less consideration of training them just once per week, which might be like a recovery phase or a deload phase if necessary. So getting back on track with exercise selection, it would be wise to include squats and squat variations, deadlifts and deadlift variations, and hip thrust and hip thrust variations in your programming. We don't want to focus on one movement only. We want to try to have a range of movements and train our muscles from various angles and single leg work as well in addition to that. So variations of the hip thrust with your single leg, variations of deadlifts with single leg and variations of squat single leg movements as well. In addition to that, we wanna ensure that we have progressive overload in mind, specifically for those bigger compound movements. So the squats and the deadlifts, and I guess maybe the hip thrust too. Well, definitely the hip thrust, actually every exercise to be honest, but really those major big movements which you use a lot of muscles at once, not just your glutes, so your squats and your deadlifts. We do want to ensure that we are tracking volume, we're tracking intensity, and we are progressively getting stronger over time, putting in more effort to really get the most out of it. Another thing we want to ensure that we do is use a wide range of reps. We don't just focus on 15 reps every single time, nor do we only focus on doing six reps every time. You want to have a blend of high to medium to low rep ranges for each movement, and there's periods of time where we're squatting with high reps, there's periods of times where we're squatting with low reps. 
it's the sets and the reps or the reps in particular they aren't like married to a certain exercise just because you're deadlifting doesn't mean you do low reps only just because you're squatting doesn't mean you do low reps only just because you're doing hip thrust doesn't mean you do high reps only and at the same time when it comes to i guess rotational movements it's not always going to be a high rep focus because sometimes rather than focusing on high reps we can focus on tension mind muscle connection and building metabolic stress in various ways now to add to all of those best practice suggestions one that is super important is obviously recovery and adapting from the training so if you're doing way too much for your glutes and they're not growing and you're under eating obviously under eating is going to be the issue if you're eating sufficiently training a lot and then getting injured then training recovery is the issue and we can look at obviously sleep and stress management and maybe supplementation and everything else that comes along with it but simply having a sound training program might be what is lacking and what needs to be considered and also having periods where you pull things back. So having a deload where you don't put as much effort in, it's planned, it's on purpose. If you don't know what a deload is, essentially what we're looking to do with our training is to progressively increase the amount of load that we're moving or the amount of volume that we're accruing. And then after a set period of time, maybe it's your fourth week, maybe it's your sixth week, maybe it's your eighth week of training, we pull back, we reduce the amount of sets or we, or we reduce the weight to really allow your body to recover for a week before we get back into that heavy lifting. So deloads are very, very helpful, especially when it comes to the bigger movements where we're stressing out our nervous system as well as our muscles and we need to kind of back things off. So recovering is essential if you want to grow. Try to incorporate some deloads, make sure you're training smart. You're not training your glutes five days in a row, obviously, and you're not doing squats and deadlifts and hip thrusts all in the one day, three days per week. I probably wouldn't recommend that for most people. But if you're doing variations of those movements like single leg stuff or tension work, etc., drop sets and stuff like that, then probably not so much of an issue. But doing squats and deadlifts, both heavy and hip thrust heavy as well, could be a lot of stress on your body in general and could require more frequent recovery periods or deloads. So wrapping up the best practices, what we want to do is ensure that we have variations of the squats, the deadlifts, and the hip thrusts. We want to train our glutes twice per week minimum. We want to ensure that we're progressively increasing the weight or the effort and intensity that we're doing that in. We want to have a wide range of rep targets, you know, as low as six reps up to 15 to 20 to even 30 reps if you like. We want to focus on the heavy stuff, but we also want to focus on tension work. So doing the banded work is really good for that. Mind-muscle connection, building metabolic stress, um, and we want to allow for recovery in the process. If you're doing all of those things, chances are, and you're eating enough, you're going to see the goals or the gains that you want to make when it comes to building your glutes. So to wrap things up, I said I was going to give you a list of exercises or variations of movements that you could do for your glutes that you could consider incorporating with your training programming. And I'm going to put them in categories of like floor-based work, squat-based work, or hip hinge stuff, etc. So to start off with for like the floor-based stuff, and you guys can, I guess, just simply write this down or Google it or YouTube it to see exactly how to do it and what it might be. But for floor work, you want to look at doing glute bridges. You can do side-lying hip abductions. You could do side-lying hip raises. You could do the quadruped hip extension. And you could also do frog pumps. Frog pumps are pretty cool too. And variations of that kind of stuff with bands or body weight or even barbell loaded if you're doing the glute bridge. 
When it comes to squats, you want to do goblet squats, box squats, high bar squats, low bar squats, front squats, split squats, so Bulgarian squats. You know, there's so many different squat variations you could do and incorporate all of them, but not all at once. So have periods of time where we're focusing on these movements. Maybe it's a four week block. We're progressively improving at them. And then we pull out a couple of those, replace them with others. And we hold onto that for four weeks or maybe eight weeks or 12 weeks. And again, run through that same method where we're looking to progressively overload, get better at those exercises and keep moving forwards. When it comes to deadlifts, you could do a sumo deadlift, which I love conventional deadlifts, you could do kettlebell deadlifts, you can do Romanian deadlifts, you can do single leg Romanian deadlifts, you can do stiff leg deadlifts, uh, you know, so many different options. Hip thrusts, hip thrust variations would include a barbell hip thrust, um, you could do banded hip thrust, you could do single leg hip thrust, you can do double band hip thrust where it's banded at your knees and it's banded somewhere else. You can do reset hip thrust where you pause at the bottom completely, come up and then come down and reset like a deadlift. Or you could do tension hip thrust where you don't reset at the bottom and you maintain that tension the whole time. And you can look at other hip extension exercises like the 45 degree hyper extension, reverse hypers, good mornings. Um, even the RKC plank will use your glutes as well, which is a variation of a plank, which I highly suggest. And if you can do that for more than a minute, then I am extremely impressed. So as you can see, there are a lot of variations within those major movements. And then in addition to that, you could have lateral banded work like sumo walks and monster walks, banded hip hinge abductions, or, you know, good girl, bad girl machine if you have it at your gym. And then obviously we've got like lunging variations as well. So with that long list of exercise and variations of the major movements of the squats, the deadlifts, and the thrusts, you can easily put together a program which one you actually enjoy and will stick to two is effective and challenging and three doesn't include any of the biggest mistakes that I mentioned which will then get you closer to the goal of building your booty. Now the one factor that I haven't discussed which is quite important in fact it is super important is having patience. It is also important to have patience in the process. Do not quit, do not give up, follow through, stick to the program. Have periods of time where you're overloading a lot, where you're training your glutes three days a week pull it back to twice a week, bring it back to three days a week, swap out exercises, but be consistent in the process. Eat in a calorie surplus for the most part. Train with intent to grow. Have a good mind-muscle connection. Look to have progressive overload. Look at recovery methods. And overall, have patience in the process. If you're able to do all of that, I guarantee you will make gains not only to your glutes, but any muscle you're looking to get the most out of and develop your physique to the fullest. So I hope you got a lot of value from the podcast today. And as always, if you could leave a five-star rating and a review, that would be amazing. And I will speak to you guys soon.